Fun guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. What's up, players? Welcome uh, from Champa Bay. We're streaming high vertical. I'm giving my hand at hosting today, so I'm going to be a little rough. I'm here with uh, my usual co-host and dear, dear good friend, um, Eric. How are you? It's good to be here. You know, proud of the Bay today. Proud of the Bay. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah, right? It's weird to be proud of the Bay, but it's... The only time I've ever, I, I actually uh, I've ever liked from. Tampa for more than 24 hours, so it's uh yeah, it's usually such a shithole yeah. city, but it, it is actually it's like barely even a city a lot of times. Yeah. But it's actually living here for the past year. It's way different than it was when I was growing up, and now the teams are good. Um, crazy to think that the Bucks are Super Bowl champions. Oh my god, uh, we'll be getting into that. We're also going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about the rest of the uh, the football games that we missed over the last two weeks. We got some Premier League shit and basketball shit to catch up on. We're going to talk about weird shit going on in the AFC South with the Jags and, of course, the Houston Texans. And then Eric and I are going to discuss the format for how the rest of the episodes are going to go. We're going to do a mock off season of all 32 NFL teams because, you know what, there's just not a whole lot going on right now. So we're going to do that. Yeah. Before um, we get into it, Nick, I just got to say shout yeah. out to my boys, the Pouncy Twins, announcing their retirement together. Yes. Uh, big fan of Great those guys. Centers. Great centers. Call, both, uh, one of them is a Super Bowl champ, I believe, and uh, the, the Steeler one, right? The Steeler, Marquise. And uh, the other they one played for They never left their Dolphins. teams, did they? No, they never played on the same. Well, they both played the same position. They both played center. Right, but they stayed on one team their entire careers, and they retired together. No, they did not. Mark, they, they, uh, Mike Pouncey was a longtime Dolphin drafted by the Dolphins. He was uh, he went to San Diego for more money oh, because we yeah because we couldn't afford him, and he's been in San Diego for he's only been on two teams, but oh, he was they're both on the uh, championship Florida Gator teams. Both played big yeah. parts in that, Great and. Teams. Uh, Shout out to my boys. I love those guys, even though they did kind of stand up for Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> hey, that's their boy. They're loyal. They're loyal. They're loyal. They're, you know, they're screwed in kids. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Rest in power, King. <laughs> Rest in power, Aaron. You, um, gay, you gay guy. Be gay, a proud hey, gay man. <laughs> if you don't support Aaron Hernandez, you're a fucking homophobe. Yeah, that's what I straight say. Up. That's what I say. You're not very LGBTQ plus friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did uh, so it was you said it was Mike that played for the Dolphins and yeah. went to San Diego. Yeah. So he was did a he retire bowler. as a he, Dolphin? Like, they're both Pro Bowlers. These are like, I would I would be surprised if they if one of them didn't get into the Hall of Fame. I think they both yeah kind of had Hall. Like, I think they will. I don't know if they're first ballot, down. but I think it's yeah. like when on one like kind of off year where they have an open spot, kind of like this year. Uh, where John Lynch finally got into the Hall of Fame. Which is a crime, um, by the way. He got in over Zach Thomas, which if you line up their stats together, Zach Thomas was the d- more dominant defensive player. No no shame to John Lynch. I'm just saying he's getting in because he actually won a Super Bowl and was on one of the best, better defensive teams that we've seen in a long time. Just saying. Let's be. Let's just be real, though. Rondé Barber was a better player than both of them. And he's yeah, not gotten in yet. Yeah, I so, agree. It, the whole system's fucked. But and how it, Megatron got in like he's first ballot right Megatron yeah he's first ballot yeah yeah I mean I I definitely believe he deserves a spot in there yeah I but, do think 
it's that's like more NFL like internet culture leaking Trying into to, the Hall of yeah, Fame process. Yeah, for because sure. Because he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer no. in my opinion. There are a, a bunch of, of better guys. Tory Holt if you put like put the numbers up like Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, like just saying like he's a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. He, yeah, had a great had yeah. great seasons, but like comparatively numbers wise, and eh, there I think they're better. I don't think he was first ballot material. Yeah, I think like. But let's just say this. I, I just think he needed to do more in the playoffs. It's it's not even due to the longevity of his career. I think it was just like lack of postseason success. Not that that doesn't, you know, that his numbers don't qualify him for the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, I don't have like, I mean, the big, the best Calvin Johnson memories are from fucking October. Yeah. You know, you know what this tells me, though? It tells me that when Odell Beckham Jr. retires, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't. Which makes no me. sense. Which makes yeah. Sense. And then meanwhile, you'll have a guy like Mike Evans probably sitting on the shelf yes. for years. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Me. Exactly. Exactly. Or even Jarvis uh, Landry. I would say Jarvis Landry yeah. is a way better receiver and deserves yeah, to be right. right. Like fucking Jarvis has done more in his career than Odell has. Yeah. So I mean, Jarvis, I mean, Odell's incredibly talented. Not yeah, trying that's, to take that's that away not, from That's him, not what we're arguing. It's like numbers. We're arguing numbers. Yeah, and he hasn't and had he hasn't had great luck. Either. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. But Either has Jarvis. Yeah, Look at Jarvis Landry's quarterbacks. He had Ryan Tannehill. And True, Baker but injury-wise, he's been okay. Yeah, injury-wise, sure. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Let's get into it. We'll uh, we'll recap the Super Bowl a bit first because I'm going to go off for probably like 5-10 minutes because you know this is what the I've been waiting for my entire life. The whole game to me is, is such a blur. Like, just Dude, thinking it, back it in it. It happened so fast when it felt like it was yeah. going on forever. I was really confident going into it, though. I, like, Same. not that I was saying a Same. bunch, because, I, I mean, it's the fucking Chiefs. I, I compared them all n- night to the Golden it's, State Warriors of football, basically. Yeah, it's so um, weird if, when you're listening, like, if you listen to, like, daytime radio and stuff, like, leading up, to, like, before the Super Bowl and even in the AFC Championship game, people were dog-shitting on the Chiefs. Like, hardcore. Calling out all the issues that they had and, like, saying, oh, the Bills are going to win. Then, like, when they have to face the Bucks, they're like, oh, no, how are the Chiefs going to lose? How are the Chiefs yeah. going to lose? Well, I'm but talking to how- you, Peter Schrager, you hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got I to gotta shout out I two people it. I knew who it, are, like, it. some of those biased people ever. Um, Bill Simmons and Skip Bayless. They were all on the Bucks. All in on the yeah. Bucks, smart people from day yeah. one. Um, yeah, I well, I it makes sense though because um, the Bill, uh, the Chiefs like dismantled the Bills in that playoff game, so they look like they had finally found their groove at the right time. So I can understand where it's like, oh, okay, the Chiefs got it figured out now. You know, Mahomes looks good, defense stepping up against a really good offense in Buffalo. Like the yeah, there's no and Tampa Bay. They beat Green Bay, but the the second half of that game was really rough for the offense and the defense, which was playing with two backup safeties in the second half of that um, NFC Championship game. People didn't really know how how fresh that defense was going to look, but then the defense came out and just dominated. Like, yeah. Well, you guys nothing missing, I'd ever seen before since like the 2002 pieces. season when we won. Yeah, you guys were missing key pieces in the in like that game, Mike. Right. In Green Bay, yeah, we we didn't have Winfield Jr. Jordan Whitehead like fucking rocked uh, Aaron Jones uh, a couple times, and the, the next time he did it, um, he, he I think separated. He had a fully torn labrum during the Super Bowl, so he did That's that right. in the NFC Championship game. Um, and we had uh, Antonio Brown was out. You know, we had, we had some missing pieces to 
kind of contribute to why we didn't look as sharp as we did in the Super Bowl when we had everyone there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I just felt it in my balls, you know. I had one of those mm-hmm. days when I was just like, ah, there's just no way that Bucks are going to lose today. Me too. I went down Friday night to Ebor with my brother, got some victory cigars, because I was just feeling it. I was feeling a victory. You got champagne, right? Dude, those cigars fucked me up, dude. I was so like that, that's what like fucked me up. That cigar, I smoked that whole fucking cigar. I've never been more hungover in my life. I smoked two fucking cigars that night. <laughs> I I had never been more hungover and dehydrated, and my mouth never tasted like as much shit as it did the the day Monday. after the Victory Super Bowl. Monday, baby. <laughs> so uh, we can we can get into the game a little bit, but there's really not a, a ton to say. I mean. The Bucks defense just had the perfect yeah. game plan where they just had safety high, double Tyreek the whole game, didn't let him mm-hmm. beat him deep. Tyreek still had statistically a decent game, but it was all underneath shit. Travis Kelsey all underneath shit. Pass rush. It was like the Chiefs' worst nightmare came true. Yep. People thought that this could be a concern because they had their right tackle move to the left side, which he hadn't played at basically all year. And then you got Mike Remmers in at right tackle who got – routinely abused by Von Miller in the Super Bowl what was it four or five years ago against when it was the Broncos and the Panthers he was the one that let Von Miller have his MVP night um and I I thought that this would be a concern the Bucks would get pressure I didn't realize like how fucking awful it would go for that Chiefs O-line like the Bucks were routinely in the backfield rushing just four or five guys I think Uh, you guys just had at all I think it's honestly a like you guys had a really good veteran defensive line, a really good veteran defensive yeah. line. Like and guys who have played in big games, guys who have been successful in the league for a long time. Like you got you had like guys who like knew how to take advantage of like a, a battered offensive line. Like yeah, that's why I was so guys, confident about that. Yeah, Sue Pierre Paul, who didn't get a sack but got some good pressure, um, and Shaq Barrett. Um, they all have played in Super Bowls and they all showed up. Um, and really led the charge. But you also had, like, the Bucks organically drafted guys like Levante David and Devin White played great. I thought the secondary was, was great. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., who had the great, the best moment of the Super Bowl when he knocked that final pass away from Tyreek and gave him the peace sign. Oh, Amazing moment. Ama- it, it's Super really, it kind of like, I mean, I'm biased. I obviously want to see the Bucks back in it. I would love to see another Bucks Chief Super Bowl because I think he would get real, real chippy next year. If that's yeah. how it goes down. Yeah. I mean, there's other... I mean, I also understand, too, like, for the rest of the NFL viewing audience, it's nice to see some new blood in there. So, you know, I'm obviously going to be okay with any team that makes it, but I would like to see a Bucks chiefs rivalry develop a bit because it seems like they don't really like each other. They don't. And I feel like the league is so wide open. I don't think, like, mm-hmm. either of these two teams are, like, invincible. I think the Bucks no. are... Of course, they're not invincible. Like, we, like... The Bucks are still the Bucks, and like they they will have shit games. They'll they'll lose three straight, yeah. and then with this team they'll go win the next four. But like they're certainly capable of losing, and so are the Chiefs. So I think the league, yeah, they as can far get as parity wise, is great in the great place. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think in the AFC you have a lot. You have like a good depending on how some quarterback situations work out. You got like five or six legit contenders in the AFC, and then in the NFC you got the Bucks, Packers, and Rams, and then. The rest is kind of uh, Seattle. I would up say put Seattle right in there. 
you never you can't discount that well we will talk Wait, about it later, well, with the like, shit yeah yeah we'll talk about yeah that's another thing i gotta add in my notes there's some shit going on in seattle too um but yeah it's i do agree that the league's in a really good place i mean you and i had had conversations um a couple years ago i think even around the time we we're starting to do this podcast where really basketball was planning football in terms of entertainment and yeah. at least that was my opinion uh, as of a few years ago and now maybe my team's success has something to do with that but even last year when james was going 30 for 30 i've noticed the uh the quality of product on the field has gotten a lot better and it's gotten a lot more interesting um and i i think the league's in a really good place you have like a lot of good teams a lot of good talent and I also think that the the new production quality helps out quite a bit. I mean, shit, like especially the Super Bowl, the image just looks so crisp, and they got those like, what is it like, fucking eight K lenses out there now. Well, they got they're um, using like the Sony A series cameras, and those are some great, um, like four K cameras. Yeah, so. it looks awesome, and and obviously NFL Red Zone is the best package oh, uh, that so any good. sport has. So good. Um. So yeah, I, I I guess I can get into um, kind of what it means for for Tampa Bay in general. I think um, this win definitely the biggest win in franchise history. Oh. I know that they won uh, the Super Bowl back in o two o three, but that one it really I don't know. It just didn't have as much juice behind it. I mean, obviously the goat comes down to Tampa. Uh, a lot of people had written him off comes down, looks fantastic this year, and basically crushes every narrative ever written about him that he can't throw the deep ball and can't win without Belichick and yada, yada, yada. And they come, he comes down and wins it in the first year to a franchise that hasn't even made the playoffs since 2007, 2008. And this is the, the most I've seen the city excited about a team in general um, since I've lived in this area. Yeah, uh, and it also feels like this is a legit shift the culture moment for this franchise. I mean, the Bucks defense was always like people remember that defense, and they always will through the test time. It was one of the best defenses of all time back in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. But this seems like, I mean, that team laid the foundation to get the Bucks a new facility and all that. Now this is the moment where it really changes the narrative about what it means to be a Buck. Yeah. Um, I think it's something where, especially if they can continue this run for, you know, the next like two, three years, um, they have a good chance to really like build a, a generation of Bucks fans that stretch outside of Tampa mm-hmm. and that makes it like when you get drafted by the Bucks, it's like an organization that you're proud to play for. You know, you think of teams like um, I would throw. I would throw teams like the Ravens in there, shit like that. You know, uh, I, I won't say Steelers. That's a little. Bit I, I think the but, Ravens. You know, like, yeah, I think the Ravens for sure. I think they like. Yeah, I, I, that's a good benchmark. Yeah, they always play with pride. They always play hard. Um, people are happy to be a part of that organization. So I hope that's what the Bucks turn into, and I think that's what this win can spark. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it could like. I think the Bucks are in a really good place. Like. There's no. It's going to be really hard for Jason Light and that front office to really fuck this up, because yeah, you're gonna, like your team is so has like a lot of good young pieces that are on cheap contracts. Which yeah, even if a couple guys leave, yeah. we're not in a terrible spot. Yeah, you're not in a terrible spot, but like, 
again, this is like when you have to draft well. You have to draft well mm-hmm. going forward. It's like if you draft, if you fuck up, you're not, and you have like you have to draft. You have to dra- keep drafting cornerbacks, keep drafting defensive linemen, keep drafting offensive linemen, and that's what you got to focus on. Like those are the big money pieces on defense and on offense. Like quarterback, I would keep drafting quarterbacks. Like yeah. always draft a quarterback, in my opinion. Always draft a quarterback. Because you just never know, and so that's all my that's all you got to do. And it's like the Patriots were are, are terrible drafters, terrible. Yeah, and somehow they still made it. They was able to do it, but like that's because again they have had great coaching. I I have to give Jason Light a lot of credit, and I got to apologize because I have uh, relentlessly attacked him <laughs> um, over the years. Have, and and in fairness, so he will times. be the first to admit he fucked up a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. He made a lot of bad signings at first when he first got here. He made a lot of bad draft picks. His first pick was Mike Evans, so I'll give him credit on that. But he made a lot of other bad Well, that, that was like picks. a no-brainer though. Yeah, that exactly. No-brainer. Yeah, that, that was like base that was best receiver on the board. Yeah, that's so, a no-brainer. And they need a receiver. Um, but recently, he's done a great job. Like that team is littered with contributing Buccaneer draft picks too like the you know everyone brings up the point that everyone that scored a touchdown or everyone that scored period in the uh Super Bowl was not on the team last year because even our kicker wasn't on the team last year but he did have big contributors that he's drafted like like Vita Vea Vita Vea that was like the draft like I remember when he was drafted you're at first you're like fuck you're pissed but then, yeah, like, I was I was I wasn't even that happy with the Devin White pick to be honest, but it, it made sense, you know. In retrospect, I had nothing against Devin White as a player. Um, I just assumed that we were bringing Quan Alexander back, which I'm glad we didn't because what he got paid was fucking ridiculous. And yeah, we'll talk about it in our mock off season later on in the coming weeks that he's probably a cap casualty because um, he's way overpaid. Um, yeah, and that the entire secondary, the Grave Diggers, they're all draft picks from really just the last three, four years. Yeah. But look, he, um, like Jason, like he, what he, like he fucked up on Vernon Hargraves, but he knew immediately that he time. fucked up and he drafted quarterbacks the next, like in the next couple drafts. So yeah, he just kept drafting cornerbacks until he got it right. The only one he missed on was MJ Stewart. Um, yeah. who was, I think bounced around from team to team and has, you know, been not good, but he hit on Carlton Davis. He hit on Antoine Winfield jr. Hit hard on Antoine Winfield Jr., which was yeah. another one. That was, to me, another no-brainer. That was like a no-brainer. But that, yeah, that was a no-brainer. Yeah, he should have been picked in the first round. He's yeah. there in the 40s. And the, that three-safety tandem worked really well because they. why I was upset with the pick initially was I thought, oh, so we're just giving up on Mike Edwards, who was our third-round pick the year before. But mm. Mike Edwards played a big role this year, and having him, Jordan Whitehead, who was like a six-round pick, and uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. all rotating was fantastic. Uh, it worked really well. And all those guys made big plays in the secondary this year. Um, and then the offense, like the offensive line, crushed it with Ali Marpet, did really good with Alex Kappa, and picking up Aaron Stinney, who filled in for Kappa when he got hurt in the playoffs. Um, Tristan Wirfs, I was really stoked about that pick. And, man, he, he was way better than I could have ever expected. Yeah. The guy's, like, already at an all-pro level yeah, in his great rookie pick. year. Great pick. Those are really yeah. good drafts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of who was our – third round pick this year do we even have one yeah. all the offense like all the offensive tackles taken in the first round have panned out like really well yeah and donovan smith who actually had a rocky start he finally yeah. put it together yeah um this year. austin jackson for the dolphins drafted a, i think 18 last year man he was oh, he's yeah. been great I, like there was a lot of shit coming out like 
oh, he's he's overlooked, but like he he missed like a whole season because he gave bone marrow to his dying sister. Damn, what a and like saved her life. Soldier. Yeah, I know, and like that was like when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a Brian Flores guy. I know he's gonna draft yeah. him. So yeah, Dolphins are building a good culture too. Yeah, like we'll, again, we'll I think the later. Bucks have to cash in on. They have to start. They have to start terming it, but culture. They got to start like getting around like yeah. this. The Bucks way, Bucks way probably have, sounds a lot better, but like they got to yeah, get their own heat culture going. Forty plus years, forty five years without finding a culture, without finding a, a winning culture. Yeah, and they find they they've turned the den of depression, Raymond James Stadium. And they won the Super Bowl in that building. You know, that's like the that's like the symbolic moment of yeah. There's like hey, no, we have turned no the way. shit around. There was just no way the Bucks were going to lose in their stadium. No way. Yeah, I mean, I I thought that there was a way because I've seen it happen many times. I know, but, but you know, like they like this. <laughs> but team, yeah, it didn't feel like this it. team, like this opportunity. No way they're going to pass it up. Like yeah, well, biggest. And that goes was, to like, show too. Yeah, there was uh, there was years and years and years of guys that just didn't get it. And then when you heard all the guys talking, even the rookies and second year guys, when you heard them talk after games. It was clear that they finally found a bunch of guys that just get it. Yeah. That just understand, like, beyond just the physical mechanisms of the game, like the mental aspect and how important, like, momentum and shit like that is and circumstances and how teams are viewing you so you understand how they're going to attack you and how the media is, you know, creating these narratives and what you need to do to win uh, from a mental aspect. It's not just playing your game, it's uh, playing the mental chess game against the opponent. And they finally found a collection of guys that understand that, which is always that, that is kind of like the Patriot way that people talk about. It was never like the the most flashy players ever. It was just guys that mentally understood the game, and that's why they just kept winning. So, but now the Bucks have guys that are basically that perfect combination of very talented, but also very mentally equipped to to battle their opponents. So, I'm I'm optimistic about the future for sure, and obviously. Digging the present. I went to Ebor night of the uh, Super Bowl win. It was it was it was safer than the news is making it out to be. Um, but you know it was fifty fifty on mask. Um, but people were really excited. The parade was awesome. Tom Brady was drunk as fuck. Yeah, tossing oh the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat. How was it? It was incredible. Who'd you go with? The, it was just you. I went with Kurt. I was right. I was gonna meet up with. Uh, Alex, my brother, and his girlfriend, but we we ended up getting trapped because it was on the Hillsborough River, and they shut all the bridges down, so we were trapped on one side while they were trapped on the other. Um, That's but it wasn't like it was it wasn't crazy popping in our section, although there was a guy that like brought out his his fucking car with like forty inch rims and like crazy speakers and was just playing like the Little John Bucks remix "Let's Go" song over and over. (laughs) Let's go, let's go. And the, there was the smell of weed permeating through the air. Of Tampa. That's awesome. It was, yeah, it was it was pretty great. Um, but I didn't I didn't see the throw in person. I, I saw a lot of the boats come by, um, but I think like the they were really hammered by the time they like got to the the opening where they have like the Gasparilla boat and all that shit. I think that's where all the craziness went down. Yeah, Tom. That was great seeing Tom get drunk and stuff. That was funny. Yeah, my boy got loose. Um, got ripped. So. Real quick, rapid fire. Um, I want to talk about the Chiefs, Bills, and Packers since we didn't really do justice by um, wrapping up their seasons mm-hmm. um, with us skipping recording the past couple weeks. Um, I guess we'll start with the Super Bowl loser. What do you think this means for the Chiefs going forward? I mean, Patrick Mahomes has that 
torn mm-hmm. planter whatever it sounds like a very painful injury in his foot that he's getting surgery think, for and he's gonna rehab for several months i think they got it either they have to make a big offseason signing of a pass rusher they have to draft often they mm-hmm. have to draft at least two offensive linemen this draft and i think like assigning a, a veteran offensive lineman that'd be good for them but like i, I think Weapons wise, I think they have what it takes. I think maybe releasing yeah. Sammy Watkins and probably I would what I would do. I was like, I try to go after Allen Robinson if I'm them. Like, yeah, I just think their cap situation is going to be really tough. Yeah, to, to you, fit that. They would have to find. I don't know. I think they they could find somebody to take less to play on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think a, a lot of guys are going to go on team friendly deals. I mean, yeah. y- yes, they lost the Super Bowl, but there was a lot working against them. To be fair, yeah. it was basically a road game offensive line was in shambles Patrick Mahomes wasn't a hundred percent like I I have no doubt in my mind that if things you know if they were a little bit more healthy even in Tampa it would have been a much more competitive game had they been fully healthy not necessarily saying they would have won but yeah they need a true number one receiver like they need I think Sammy Watkins is done he was like a non-factor they need like somebody who can dominate and I'm not sure where we're gonna, how they're gonna find that person. Is it through the draft? Is it yeah. through a veteran well, signing? We'll see. I'll, I'll give you a little rumor on our mock off season. Um, okay. The uh, the mock GM for the Kansas City Chiefs is telling me that Rashad Bateman is high up on Kansas City's board. Mm. Mm, okay. That that's a good fit because people are calling him the next Michael Thomas. So you yeah. got guys yeah. that you could put it there. I I think you can find good offensive linemen in day two and day yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. And you can sign veterans for cheap too that can fill in. You know, not every veteran if offensive I don't, lineman. I, I is think Rashawn fucking... Bateman c- can drop to them at 32, but I'm also I'm hearing I have sources to say that there's some other teams ahead of them though who are also very interested in Rashawn Bateman. So, yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, I also have some other mock GM sources that have Rashawn Bateman high up on their board. Um, I see him going up higher than people expect, but. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. I also think one thing that shouldn't be underrated about this whole Super Bowl experience is that Andy Reid's son got fucking shit faced oh and almost my killed God. a five year old. Oh so my God. He's like I'm sure that was he's weighing fired. heavily on his mind. Um, oh, yeah. And on the team during this process. So that distraction is going to be undercounted. I think that Kansas City, with an offseason and people getting healthy and back and just making you know low key little moves here and there, you can let Sammy Watkins walk because honestly, he's pretty replaceable. Yeah. You draft. You draft for offense. You try to bring in a cheap pass rusher um, that can get the job done on a prove-it deal that can go opposite of Frank Clark, and you'll probably be right back in the Super Bowl again next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they're in bad shape. And I yeah. honestly, I walked away very impressed with Patrick Mahomes' performance in the Super Bowl. Um, he made some big throws that were just dropped. Yeah. Again, I, th- I um, think they need uh, they need some receiver help. That's like the one – I think running back, yeah. I think that – a lot was made over like, oh, the Chiefs can't run the ball. I'm like, I don't know if that's. I think the offensive line yeah. is is yeah needs then, uh, was like not insanely health was obviously not healthy and like they couldn't get a push. And like when you and can't they ran get a the push, ball fairly well. Yeah, they ran the ball fine it's when just, they like, when they tried. Yeah, when they tried. I mean, like they just went away from it because they were down so mm-hmm. much. So yeah, yeah, which is great by the Bucks get them out of their game plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Damian Williams opted out this year. He's supposed to be yeah. back next year. So, yeah. And there was another I, I, offensive lineman, yeah. too, the Duvernay or whatever. I yeah. think he was a guard. Evan he went up to Duvernay. Canada because I think he's like a doctor or something and was helping fight COVID, okay. which shout out to that guy. 
Um, yeah, they're gonna. The Chiefs are definitely gonna be are no doubt a question. Like if not the Super Bowl uh, favorites next year, so. Yeah, yeah, they're the odds-on favorite right now for the Super Bowl, even after the loss. So, which I think is fair too. Even as as a Bucks fan, I'm not salty at all about that. That makes sense. Um, so we touched a little bit on the championship game performances. Bills got blown out uh, against Chiefs. I personally just think that they look like a team that wasn't ready for that moment yet. No, but they again be building towards that. A team that was successful running the ball early on in the season and like just leading up to the playoffs and then just got Zach Moss, one of their, their I think RB2 or RB1, I think he's RB1, got injured and he missed like yeah. the championship game and I think some playoff games. Like yeah. running the ball and playing defense is how you win Super Bowls. I don't care how you – what, mm-hmm. what I mean, like if you can run the ball successfully and have a great defense, the passing game will come. So like those yeah. two things yeah. have to have you have to have those two things. You can't go you can't win a Super Bowl without running the ball. Sorry. Not in the NFL. Yeah. The Not Bills the definitely got a got a couple moves to make. They but that's really all they're missing though. They just need to like retain their offensive line help. They need to get a running back. They need to add another piece of the defense. I would say they need a pass then, rusher if I have to say it, because they have a really good run stopping defense. But they can't rush the path. Like they had, they've been, they had trouble all season getting to the quarterback. So I think signing again, signing maybe JJ Watt does that. I think probably does. Yeah. So maybe signing a veteran defensive lineman uh, yeah. to bring some pressure is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I think there's def- there's a couple guys that are hitting the market or may get cut and hit the market that could probably help them out a little bit. Um, and I think maybe like a maybe one more piece in the secondary. Uh, could help them out, but I yeah. yeah I agree. Pass rush is more important. Um, I mean, you can draft second. But yeah, I, I think yeah. a lot of the, I think the a lot of their problems. Really spot. Yeah, because a lot of their problems are just like they're like one or two players away from legit contending for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I think they just needed this too. Um, like the Bucks hadn't been there before, but they had fucking Tom Brady and Gronk come in. You know, the guys yeah. big time, big game experience. You had JPP um, and, and, and Dominican Sue. You had a bunch of veteran guys who've been to the Super Bowl. Like yeah, been, like, like guys that got it runs. that could that could lead the young guys along the way. Yeah. The Bills, like they have a, a couple guys that have had playoff experience here and there, but like it's the leaders on that team, that was really their first deep run. So yeah. Um, so they'll learn from this, and they'll be back next year. And they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl too. But I don't, you know, like we said, the Chiefs are my favorite, so I don't necessarily see it happening. But it could be a better game next year between the two. Oh yeah, I would expect expect them to compete. Yeah, um, and the Packers, a lot of a lot of drama over there. Yeah, but this is my drama. top JJ Watt landing spot. Hmm. I don't know. I think first off, you need to get more weapons for Aaron. You have to. You have to. Mm-hmm. I think you, mm-hmm. the offense, though, I think adding one more speedy re- slot receiver is the way to go for them. Honestly, signing Kelly G- Kenny Galladay, if they really want to go in, all in on offense, sign him. That Packers offense will be the best the best version of that offense could be. And I think defensively, again, adding more pass rushers, they need, they need to add somebody who is tough. And I think you're right. J.J. Watt would bring that. Cause like yeah. they, and he's they, a former they, Packer fan. Yeah. And, like, they're also, like, they're so, like, the, the Packers, once they get hit in the mouth, they, like, kind of just curl up into a ball. And, like, they don't know yeah. how to react. And they need somebody who just, like, tough as nails. Like, I'm not even, I'm not the biggest J.J. Watt fan, but I know he brings that at least, so. Yeah. He would motivate that defense to, like, at least come out swinging a little bit more. Um, 
Yeah, they, and they got to get rid of that Kevin King guy that got torched by Scotty Miller on that oh, yeah. um, end of the first half play. I mean, I obviously thought it was fucking awesome, but um, if you're a Packer fan or really any other fan in the NFL, like neutrally watching the game, that's just unacceptable coverage to end a half. Um, so he should be gone. I'm also and, I'm hearing from uh, I have a source close to the uh, Packers that they have Asante Samuel Jr. very high on their board. Ooh, well, I think Asante Samuel Jr. is probably going to be long gone by then. I don't know. I'm hearing maybe, a lot of people. Not, not a lot of people are high on him right now. So I'm just saying. I saw. I'm hearing the Packers are very hot on him. So here's what people should learn though about the uh, about the the player the player's son draft pick, and we learned it with Anton Winfield Jr. Go for that guy because yeah. that's a guy that understands what it takes to be a pro. You know every you know he won't have off season uh, off the field issues. If they uh, yeah. like like there's a really good chance that won't happen when you sign, when you draft player kids because they their dad is like like their dad is like has given them advice their whole life on how to like yeah. walk as a pro and like a pro athlete. Yeah. So yeah. it goes it does, that, that that to me does go a long way. Yeah, That's if your dad's like like been in the league and and played at the highest level, been successful, Asante Samuel had a long career. Antoine Winfield had a long career, and Patrick Sertain, long career. Yeah, all all, the, all those players, kids. kids. I'd be shocked if they if they weren't phenomenal at their positions. Yeah. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. already is almost a defensive rookie of the year, and probably going to be an All Pro safety for the coming years. Yeah. He's on that trajectory, and uh, that's why I'm really high on Trey Lance because his dad was a pro athlete. He wasn't. I don't think he played in the NFL, but he did play in the Canadian Football League. Yeah. Which is still, and, still something, you know. It's yeah. still popular. League, so, Patrick Mahomes, Dallas Mahomes. baseball player. Yeah, it, that does go a long way. Now it does. Mm-hmm. Like going mm-hmm. forward, like the kids coming up today, definitely because their dads are are yeah. definitely like tutoring them and like coaching them up, like since they're kids. So definitely, yeah. Kellen Winslow Jr. Not so much, but <laughs> well, that was a different. I, I, that was a way. He different. was good though. He was good. He, he was good until he murdered. <laughs> Well, he didn't. He didn't murder anyone. I don't think, but he he was a fuckhead. Oh, he uh, he did, did he murder uh, someone? Maybe he did. Maybe he. I think he. I remember. I don't know. Did he kind of? I thought that was Dante Stallworth that did manslaughter. I think they're on the same team, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. A lot, a lot of death happens in the NFL, and just kind of sweep it under the rug. A la Ray Lewis. So, uh, Packers. Yeah, they need to add some shit. Who's a serial um, sex they, offender? Sorry. Oh, serious. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, who isn't in the NFL? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, they got to go in now. So it's time to push the chips in. If you're Green Bay, you can't. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to force his way out if they fuck up again this year. They they had a chance to give him weapons. They drafted his replacement. Like. You can say, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. You wouldn't draft Jordan Love if you thought he was going to be there any longer than this year. So it's time to go all the way the fuck in. Yeah. Because he's, uh, I can't see a scenario where he's not gone in a year or two. Uh, but also, to go against the MVP, the guy had every opportunity to, to take that game back away from the Bucks. I mean, the defense, as much as they fucked up in the first half or at the end of the first half, they gave him plenty of chances Um with those three interceptions of Tom Brady in the second half, and Aaron Rodgers could not cash in. Granted, the Bucks defense played very well, but still, it, he had a chance to show why he was the MVP. This was like his his big game moment, and as he does in other big game moments in the playoffs, he came short. So, yeah, yeah. 
It's it'll be interesting, but this his, I think this is it. This is the last record. gasp for this Packer team because they're about to be rebuilding in like another year or two. Yeah, his playoff record is terrible. Outside the Super Bowl year is like just terrible. Yeah, he just fucking he's getting bounced every year, and he usually has a first round buy. He had a he had a, a, a first round buy this year. Yeah, fucked it up. Fucked it up. So, yeah, I think that covers it for our football wrap up. Everything we, we caught up on. Now you want to talk about the Premier League? I assume you want to go uh, gloat about Man City. I got to. I just go gotta, ahead. I the floor it. is yours. So Man City early on in this Premier League season looked down and out. Down and out. We've had we yeah. we, we we it wasn't looking good. They weren't playing. Weird well. year for everyone. Might Weird, I yeah, and something happened. Like I would say within like the last two months, where we've just been on a click. And it's weird because we've been ha- we've been missing. Like Aguero has been missing. We haven't had like a solid center back position settled yet. Like. Kevin De Bruyne has been out like the last three weeks, and we're sitting atop of the Premier League, looking like we're gonna win it, which is crazy because this like Liverpool has just they looked unstoppable early on, and they just have been uh, sucking like the last I would say the last month they've lost three out of their last five games. I'll be honest, I haven't watched much of Liverpool this year. I watched maybe two or three games. Um, they've won every game I've watched, luckily, um, but. I, I will say that there's something that looks off with them a bit. I mean, I watched them play Tottenham well, a couple Dyke weeks ago. Van Dyke tore his ACL in the like the first I think month of the season, and like when you lose your engine like yeah. that, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But there 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 was some issues with their goal scoring. Um, yeah. yeah, for, for like Mino, five for six scored, games yeah. or something like that, they didn't score a goal, which was yeah. ridiculous. And they finally broke it against Tottenham. Uh, but yeah, the defense is leaky. Uh, and your point about Man City, though, with, with something's happening there, I'll tell you what's happening. There's a, there's a man from Sarasota, Florida, RIP, Macho Man Randy Savage, says the cream always rises to the top. And that is what's happening. Yeah, the cream, cream is, rising. is rising to the top. People look, that thought Man United was going to win this league fucking must have that right UK now. COVID strain brain. Yeah. They are they are improved though. I will yeah. give Man United credit. They're yeah. they're turning a corner a little bit as an organization. The Glazers, as are, are the Bucks. The Glazers are starting yeah. to see some shit happen for them. But, um, but Man City's even with people out there. That's that's the fucking class of the Premier League. Yeah, and like, uh, who knows what's going to happen in the Champions League? I would. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's all I need. That's all I want, man. I just want us to win. The that's Champions what matters. League. That's what. Matters. That's what really matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> I I felt better, way better about that Champions League win when I was just getting into Premier League, um, a couple years ago when Liverpool won, than I did about them winning the Premier League. So, Premier League win is no n- nothing to to sneeze at. It's fucking obviously it's the best league, but yeah. Champions League is fucking that's like a hair on your chest. Yeah, that's like the the kings of kings as they call the it. The kings of the Chum- I hate that fucking. That's that's what makes me hate Europeans. Is like fucking. Come on, <laughs> like I don't need a five minute fucking intro song while a bunch of fucking grown men are holding hands with children on the way out. Like fuck yourself, all right. Let's get a little swag going on. Let's have some shit talking. That's why people don't respect your sport here, the best country in the world. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? I don't wrong. think I'm wrong. No, you're I don't wrong. think I'm wrong. No. 
Um, Premier League starts basketball. Sorry, Champions League. Oh, go comes ahead. Back, go ahead. Sorry, you want to comes back wrap up February sixteenth. So this upcoming week, Champions League returns. Thank with fucking God. I'm, Liverpool. I've uh, RB Leipzig play Tuesday. Barcelona plays PSG on Wednesday. Seve- uh, Sevilla Great versus game. Dortmund on on Wednesday, and Porto versus Juventus on thir- on Wednesday. Sorry, on Wednesday. Okay. So Tuesday, uh, well, yeah, we got some Thursday fun. games too, though, right? Yeah, we have Wednesday. We got. We, I'm sorry, we have Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we have the following Tuesday and the following Wednesday. Oh, okay. So that's where the rest play. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I RB Leipzig and uh, Liverpool had a great Champions League game last year. Where it was like four three Liverpool. Um, so I put Liverpool on upset alert, yeah. and uh, Juventus should win. Um, Barcelona, Barcelona PSP is going to be great. I, I'm going if PSG, Neymar is healthy, that's going to be the game of the week. Yeah, Neymar's. I think. Yeah, he's going to miss it. Neymar's going to miss the Champions League clash. Oh, shit. Fucking sucks. I know, man. My boy Mbappe is playing though, right? Yeah. All right, we can move if he, on. If he's not playing, then fuck that. Um, basketball. What do you want to tell you? I fucking am so just whatever about the Celtics this year. Other than JB and, and JT have been balling. Other than that, nothing very impressive. Um, How about you on your end? Heat seem to be turning it around a little by Heat little. Heat are turning it around. We've been ass this whole season, but we've won four straight. And uh, Four straight. There you go. Four straight, baby. We're starting to look like the team that we were in the bubble. And, and I, I just feel like this is a big uh, – we need to get back into, like – the middle pack of the east because if we don't do it now it's going to be a lot harder later on so well you probably want that 5-4 matchup with the celtics so let me tell you <laughs> unless we get some help in the trade deadline it is I, OVA. Here, nick what is, on your on your moist meter how moist does this get you john collins trade rumors are flaring up how moist are you about that Ooh, i'm pretty moist about that um yeah if we can get john collins for like you know at because fucking they're gonna lose him anyway, so his value is rock bottom. It's a you're Wick Grusbeck, and you're really about going all in for a championship. Go fucking in, my guy. All right, yeah. go in. We don't have any defense anyway. Let's get some fucking hops in here. Yeah, dude. Trade I him, love John Collins. Trade him Robert Williams in a first round pick, and then uh, and use the trade exception to absorb the contract. And then you go out and you get an actual defender and like Harrison Barnes or Aaron Gordon or something with some more picks and the big trade exception, and you ride that shit out for a little bit. And then if it doesn't work out, you trade John Collins and whoever you get with the trade exception for Bradley Beal. Yeah. I mean, I I would love for the Heat to go all in on John Collins because John Collins and Bam together, that's a crazy front court. That's a... Yeah, I would love to see it. Really, John Collins and Jimmy Butler seems like a great pair. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am... I, I love John Collins. I lo- I've, I've been a big fan of his for, for I think before even Trey Young got there, I was really into John Collins as just a prospect. But he had that weird um, uh, performance enhancing drug suspension last year. Yeah, that was the only blemish on to me in his tenure in Atlanta. But I think the Hawks should trade him because there's no way they're going to keep him, right? Yeah, well, the Hawks are a disastrous organization. Yeah, they're not going to keep him. Um, it's pretty clear at this point that they're just. It seems like when they when they didn't extend him when they could, that was the the sign of he's gone because yeah. someone's going to pay him, and Atlanta clearly doesn't want to pay him. Take what you can get. Take a first yeah. round pick. And I gotta uh, say, the Minnesota Timberwolves are. I don't know what I. I honestly don't know what to do with them. 
because uh, Carl God, they want Towns, Kemba Walker? <laughs> like the whole like Ru- D'Angelo Russell thing, it like and Carl Anthony Towns has been out with COVID, and like Carl Anthony Towns has been like weird. Inter- like he's, I'm just looking at this right now. He says Carl Anthony Towns says he was happy, happy I was alive after being hit by drunk driver. Yeah, he got hit by a drunk driver. He's also Dude. had like. COVID? Seven family members die of COVID. COVID? Like, Something crazy. Now he has COVID. Yeah. It's just... It, man, I don't know. I, I know they, they brought D'Angelo Russell in because him and Towns were such good friends, and they were just trying to do right by Towns and be like, hey, if we're going to suck. You know, we might as well make it fun. Um, but now they don't have that draft pick. Uh, Golden State's going to get that draft pick. I don't know, man. It's it's a fucking shit show over there, and they're trying to sell the team, right? Yeah. And KG looks like he's like, I think he's a, a part of a group that's going to buy it. Or like he should. He would add it. what that team needs, like personality-wise. Yeah. If anyone can change the culture there, it's him. Uh, so I think I, I I think I was totally wrong on Lamelo. <laughs> I think he's, I was too. He's 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 pretty fucking good right now. And, Gordon Hayward uh, loves playing with him. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's having a great. I think this, the Charlotte. I, mean, I think we both said this though at the beginning of the sale. Give us credit for this. We said Charlotte was going to be a fun team to watch, and I think they're yeah, living they're up to be- it. They're, they're I believe that they were going to sneak into that play-in tournament. I yeah. did as the tenth or ninth spot, and that's around where they're at. They might even work their way up a bit more. Yeah, um, they're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. They have Michael, Michael Jordan I think Michael putting together him. a nice little team. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, look uh, at that. fucking Michael Jordan and Jason Light putting together good little teams. Who the fuck? And uh, we can end it with this NBA story, Nick. But how, did you hear this whole Mark Cuban Dallas Mavericks not playing the national anthem? Yeah, which I don't fucking. So here's the crazy thing. I don't know what they he's doing. weren't. They weren't doing it for the first 18 games of the season and didn't tell anybody, and nobody noticed until <laughs> he said something. Yeah, right. Which hey, it's in an empty gym. Like honestly, who gives a fuck in an empty gym? Like I'd love it. I I wish we could get away with this stupid fucking. I know. Yeah. I personally, games. I don't give a shit, but I also don't understand why you'd announce that you're not doing it why don't you just not do it, it until the league says hey do that then do it what did you think the league was gonna say like <laughs> oh that's fine no they're not gonna say that no. <laughs> absolutely not no we should only <laughs> we should save the anthem for the olympics and championship games like that's yeah. it that's that's I where really, the anthem should yeah. be used it's so overplayed like it loses its meaning after you play it when you after you hear it for the millionth time I think basically, like, there's another thing happening too, where like the NBA just has to like out progressive everyone. Yeah, um, they're, they're like really not to get too political, but they're like the uh, the really annoying leftist kind of group where like, the, the NFL the NFL does like a big Black Lives Matter. You know, has Amanda Gorman read the poem in front of the Super Bowl, and then their NBA is like, oh, well, we gotta do something. So Mark Cuban's yeah. like, well, we're not playing the anthem at all. And it's like, who gives a fuck about <laughs> the anthem? No one gives a fuck about the anthem. No one. No, I mean, there's like a few very loud, dumb people that give a fuck about the anthem, but they're usually not going to the NBA games anyway. If you talk to those people, they're like, ah, I don't watch that basketball crap. I'm more of a hockey fan myself. Go Lightning. So <laughs> you're really, you're basically just scoring Twitter points. That's all the NBA is about right now, scoring Twitter points, which is why it's kind of taken a bit of a dip, I think, in, in entertainment value for me. I still love it, but it's uh, that's why football has kind of supplanted it. Football does their things and all that, and they're and the point where football was the least enjoyable was when everyone was fucking getting on Colin Kaepernick's case and on all these other athletes' case for something that really didn't fucking 
matter in terms of the game you know and yes it matters to them and their cause and that's cool and they can use their platform how they want to but at the end of the day it's like we're using that as a distraction to put you know take attention away from the fact that the quality of the game just isn't as good as it was and luckily the nfl bounced back and got the quality back uh but the nba right now i gotta be honest a couple of these games are fucking snoozers yeah um and I think I, I also we, uh, before we move on, I, we were we were so right about Joel Embiid, dude. So right, he is about way better than Ben Simmons. Way better than Ben Simmons. Yeah, you would be crazy to trade him over Ben Simmons. You would be yeah, crazy. The, the guy can fucking actually fucking shoot and play basketball. Yeah. He's an MVP front runner with LeBron right now. Like he, I, I like people are, are fucking like. So fucking stupid for thinking Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has a better up. Uh, is a I think has better upside right now than uh than Joel does. I think Joel's on the like the twilight years of his career. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, like like yeah. If you if you're at this point in your career game, where you think Ben Simmons is gonna develop a jump shot all of a sudden, how yeah. fucking delusional are you? Yeah. The COVID it, fucking attack your brain cells that bad where you think Ben Simmons is gonna be a better player than Joel Embiid. He's not getting. He's not learning the jump shot. He refuses to. He's not going to yeah. do it. Okay, so get over it. Joel Embiid. It was really as simple as just having a competent coach walk through the door. He's never had that. No. Nope. He's never had that, and now he has that. And he's always had the desire to be great. Fucking cried at the end of Game Seven against Toronto. Yeah. The guy loves basketball. He wants to win. I love JoJo. Yeah, he's playing. And now right you're now. finally seeing with a, a leader of men like Doc Rivers what he's capable of. Yeah. So I'm happy for Joel Embiid. He's uh, averaging 30, 38.1% from the from the, from the three, which is great for a big guy. Crazy. Fucking and crazy. his free throw percentage is an 84.9, which is awesome. <laughs> and the I guy's getting to the line like fucking 20 times yeah. a game. I mean, 30 if he's playing the Celtics. So it's it, it, he's really – he's great. I mean, it's really between him and LeBron this year for MVP. Yeah, for sure. That's and, it. It's two-horse race. And uh, – I do hate that Philly's on top of the NBA East right now, but that's just yeah. I'm not happy about that either. But, not happy about that. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, we're happy for Joe for Joe. I don't know Joe Philly Allen. Philly being good at basketball. It's like same <laughs> same goes for New York. Same goes for Boston and Miami and Chicago. All those teams being good at basketball is good for the NBA. Unfortunately, yeah. Chicago has not got the memo, um, but everyone else is you know doing their best to to add some pride to the NBA. Same as the Lakers out west, and really fucking the the league could do without anyone else in the west. They or Golden State, I guess, being good is important, which they're okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, anything else big in the world of basketball you want to talk I think about? That's I think that's it. I mean, trade deadline stuff. We're gonna it's gonna get a little bit more hectic going, weeks going forward. But do you know when exactly is the trade deadline? Because the schedule's all fucked this year. I mean, it's kind of. I think it's like. It's coming close. I know that there's like a lot of buzz building up, so I'm assuming it's close. Let's let's check this out so we know what the fuck we're talking about. March twenty uh, March twenty fifth. Wow, that's yeah, we're we're hitting it. We're hitting. We're going at it. It's gonna get right. crazy. We got a month and a half. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna get a little crazy. We'll see. So. Yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about who we think might be on the move as we we are we, we will be a month out next week. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Um, all right, let's get back into a little more NFL teams. That did not make it very far, and that underwhelmed a bit, are surprisingly continuing to underwhelm in the offseason. Um, we got Jags, Texans, and Seattle dysfunction. Where do you want to start? 
Um, let's start with the Texans because they got a lot to unpack. Okay, we got a lot to unpack. So Texans, if you haven't checked, um, it's basically imploding over yeah. there. I, obviously, we have talked about Sean Watson wanting out. They've hired a life coach, uh, devout man of God, Jack Easterby, um, Ebonics mocking executive of the Houston Texans is now running that team. Um, Jamie Roots, who has been the president of the team, resigned this week. He's out. He wanted to resign earlier, but Cal McNair, the uh, super cool, super woke, super uh, woke, owner super of the loves, Texans. He just loves uh, the youth. To- that guy is just so cool. Yeah, he's really, really cool. You should look up some of his uh, past statements. Um, <laughs> he told Jamie Roots, "Don't resign during the season because it looks pretty bad." Um, meanwhile, firing their head coach and GM uh, in the middle of the season didn't look bad, I guess. J.J. Uh, Watt got cut, which was actually probably the best thing that they yeah. could have done for their image this offseason. Sure. Um, letting J.J. Watt have some time to choose his own destiny rather than just sending him to some shit team that he probably doesn't want to go to. Um, so, yeah, it's burning down in Texas, uh, in Houston at least. What, yeah. uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? Look, I told you yesterday I texted you. I have a feeling Deshaun's going to get traded. And I, for some reason, I, look, I'm going to say this. I don't want the Dolphins to trade for Deshaun Watson. I want to win a Super Bowl with Tua. That's what I want. I, 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 that's what I really, truly, on the bottom of my heart, I would love to win the Super Bowl with Tua. I don't want to win it with anybody else at this point. It's too early on in his career to give up on him. But... I have a feeling that Miami's going to make the trade, and it's going to happen. And I, w- I would say any time between now and draft, it's going to happen. So here's why. If they trade for Deshaun Watson this year, I think it's very smart because Deshaun Watson only has a cap hit of like 10 mil. So that's yeah. still technically the cheap quarterback. But that back-end now. contract is is a lot. It, and he yes. deserves it. He deserves it. Don't get yes. me wrong. He deserves it. But it is a lot. And the well, yeah, Dolphins' it, cap is at – Right now, I think twenty nine million. So if we sign Deshaun, what we're left with, what nineteen, and yeah. then we're giving up all we these draft picks, restructure some stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess. And the cap, I think from I think the cap's going to be higher than people expect. Like right now, at first they thought it was going to be one seventy five. Now they're saying maybe one eighty, one eighty five. And then there's also the possibility that they work out the new TV deal by the end of this month, and they set the cap to be like you know two hundred again, and just take the cap increase away from the next couple of years to just keep it at like a 200 flat rate until they make their money back up which i think is the best thing to do so that way a bunch of teams aren't in cap hell because you don't want teams going around cutting a bunch of veterans like fucking crazy and, and you know yeah. ruining a lot of these guys jobs I, and i gotta say prospects. i think detroit kind of set themselves up for like success like trading stafford getting jared Goff back but also getting picks back because it's a salary yes. dump I think that was a smart move by Detroit, and I think they should not draft a quarterback this year, at least not in the first round. Maybe in the second round, draft a quarterback for sure. But Am I the only person that thinks it's crazy to just see what Jared Goff has? No, no, no. I think think you're totally right. That's why I'm saying hold off on getting a quarterback because if he sucks— Then you should draft another quarterback next year. Yeah, but, if he sucks, you're going to have a first round. You're going to have two first round picks. You're going to have a chance. You, you have ammunition to even move up to to get your guy. So, and also being an NFC team, I think NFC teams have a leg in on 
Deshaun Watson because I don't think when Houston does trade him that they're going to want to trade him in the conference. That's that's for a fa- that's a fact. So you, if you're Detroit or San Francisco or Chicago or whoever, you don't need to make any rash moves. You can just hang back, wait until Houston is ready to make a move, and then you know put your dick in the pie. That's what I think is a smart move. I agree. I, I, however, will disagree with you. I do not think that the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson yet. I think, That's actually, right. the smartest move is to hang on to him, um, expect that he won't show up to training camp, that he won't start the season, wait till the trade deadline, see who the shittiest NFC team is at the trade deadline that is willing to trade for Deshaun Watson trade him he's got a winning system he's got to make sure he's in shape all that by the time he gets traded you know that team's still going to be like probably a top 10 pick or something like that that way you're guaranteed to get a good draft pick out of it i think that's the smartest way to handle it because you don't want to trade them to somewhere right now and then have them fucking kill it you know and then you have like the pick number 20 that doesn't help you so here's here's a here's a scenario for you detroit Mm -hmm. trade deadline comes around jared goff is stinking they're sinking ship they mm-hmm. have the picks to make mm-hmm. it interesting, and they have Jared Goff, Goff, who they can trade to the Texans. I mean, I think that's like a sh- like if you're talking about a shitty team coming in from nowhere to like sign Deshaun Watson. But the thing is, you they can't do that, Nick, because he has a trade. He has a fucking um, a no, no trade, trade clause. clause. He can't. They can't do that. He won't allow that. He won't. Long, but if there's weapons there and he wants out that bad, I mean, like. In Detroit, you got DeAndre Swift, and then you probably—they're probably, probably going to franchise Kenny Galladay. I would think. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're going to let him go. You can't let both him and Marvin Jones Jr. walk in the same offseason. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to keep one Marvin of them. Jones Jr. Walk. And then you're also—you got you got fucking uh, bust some kneecaps, Dan Campbell. There, you tell me you don't want to play for that guy. You don't want to play for Coach Dan. <laughs> Coach Dan. <laughs> the dude. Dude. PC principal. I don't know. I mean, anything that would get me the fuck out of Houston, I'd be like, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it's not the fucking Jets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, basically, that's the. It's like place. I, I'm not going to go to the Jets. You know, I'm basically just walking into the same fucking dumpster fire as I was yeah. here in Houston. I mean, Robert Salas, obviously a better. We got to see first. We got. I think you got to test the waters. Like, how is he going to change? We got to see the Jets yeah. change before we can. Before Deshaun, I think is going to go there. My sleeper team is uh is Washington. That's my sleeper team. Mm. Mm. I, I think they got. Washington. You got a yeah. You got a good running back. You got a pretty good O line. Assuming uh, they just, can bring some guys back. I don't know. You got, just like um, the whole. Or, you're going. You're walking from. You're going from one shitty organization to maybe the next dumpster fire. And Washington. Yeah, but fucking Houston makes Washington look like fucking walk in the park. I mean, Houston's basically uh, Fallujah, and Washington <laughs> is, like, you know, like Lebanon <laughs> compared. So I'd rather be in Lebanon, at least, you know, fucking mm-hmm. some shit to do here. <sighs> All right, what was the next yeah. team? Uh, you want to talk about this Jaguars coach? Because I actually don't know much about this situation. I just heard about it before we went on this podcast. Can you tell me what's going on with this Jags like strength and conditioning coach or whatever that left Iowa? So, well, let me find his name. So, yesterday, Urban Meyer says that he's hiring Chris Doyle, who was the strength and he coached at Bowling Green, and he's been accused 
of um, oh, he coached at Bowling Green was not the way he coached at Ohio State. He, there was a lot of stuff coming out that he was like really racist and said a lot of racist remarks towards players. He's going and, to Jacksonville. What's the problem? And Urban, like yesterday, Urban's like, I vetted him perfectly. You know, I know, I know him. Blah 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 blah. And he was like, I, I, I know what I'm doing. And then, like, I would say, twelve hours later, he's like, he like, Chris Doyle like resigned <laughs> mm. from his position, and Urban Meyer had to like walk it back. <laughs> he was like, I was wrong. Well, so, uh, it looks like my prediction of the Urban Meyer hiring not being oh, yeah. very good. This is, is not a good might first... come to fruition even earlier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's... Here's here's the thing about college football coaches that people need to understand is that they're all fucking racist. That's that's just the reality of it. So when you hire them, you're getting a racist person. Unless they're like a West Coast coach, like Jim Harbaugh or Chip Kelly, then they're the kind of white racist that's like, I would have voted for Obama three times. That's basically what you're getting. So it, it's, it just doesn't work in the pro game like that. It, it doesn't work out. Urban Meyer's just a racist guy that hires other racists. <laughs> But he picked it. the best market to be in because Jacksonville is a city of racists. So, <laughs> <laughs> the city of racists—they call it. Yeah, you know Oof. the racism problem in the United States. Jacksonville's a perfect example. Uh, so yeah, that's all. Like, and now I think uh, Trevor Lawrence had his pro day this week, and Urban Meyer. Like, like at least I think more than half of the NFL teams went to it. Because why not get a look at the guy who you're going to be playing against for the next 12 years? So I heard Trevor Lawrence looked very good. He looked okay. He looked he looked like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's he's the number one overall pick. There's no doubt about it. I guess that he's getting be, uh, surgery on his left shoulder. Yeah, his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, I would be shocked. I think everybody else would be if Urban Meyer decided to draft Ohio State's Justin Fields. <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be, be a ball. That would be like a classic. Like, see, I'm not racist. Move. <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> that's that's a makeup for hiring Chris Doyle. You got to catch Justin Fields I now. Will, I will be. I will curse the Jacksonville Jaguars to my grave. Yeah, well, because I can't live with. Yeah, then Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence on the Jets. Jets. I that would kill me. Oh boy. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. That would not be great for you. Um, no, sir. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence needs to be in the AFC South, too. Someone's got to fuck it with Deshaun Watson on his way out. Someone's got to make that division interesting. Yeah. Someone. Anyone. Anyone make that division interesting. You know how fucking pissed off I've been for 20 years that the Bucks didn't get in on the AFC South instead of the NFC South? There are so many years where the Bucks, yeah. as shitty as they've been, could have ran the table on that the fucking there? division. It's crazy. What's the story there that they ended up in the NFC South, not the AFC South? Is there? Well, one? I think the what I this is all just my hunch, but the Bucks used to be in the NFC Central, where they basically played the NFC North twice a year, back when it was like five team divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they wanted to keep the Bucks in the NFC to like, because I think they were trying to make the Battle of the Bays between Bucks and Green Bay a little bit of a rivalry. Bucks and Lions didn't really like each other. So I think I think it just made the most sense. So I, I understand the logic, but man, you know, with how things went, could have easily put us in the AFC South because uh, yeah. we have not been rivals with really any team at all for the past twenty years. Because we just you have to be good to have rivals. So, but now we might. Now we might have a rivalry with the Chiefs and the Saints and all that fun stuff, and maybe even Green Bay. Bring the Battle of the Bays back. 
Bring the battle of the bay. Um, yeah. Seattle. Russell, juicy ass Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. He's not happy about having a defensive lineman eat his ass several times uh, over the past few years. Yeah. So he, I don't think he's going to get traded. I think it's just like he's just doing the scare tactics for Seattle, like draft him hell. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think so, too. I think like, that's basically like his way of saying, like, like I don't he has feel like you're leverage. hearing me when I tell yeah. you to give me a fucking offensive lineman. Yeah, so I'm going to give me go an ahead. offensive lineman. Yeah. That's what I need. He just he's just um, putting the squeeze on him. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Putting the squeeze. But on if him. they don't do that, I like I don't think this year he's a flight risk by any means. Like the no. the trade room is like that's not going to happen this year. No way. No but way. I do think that if they don't give him what he wants, then next year, yeah, for sure. Yeah, start about start thinking about trading the guy. Can have to do it? You're gonna have to get a good return. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't even I don't even see the point in like discussing possible trade. Yeah. Destination basically anyone. That, that needs a quarterback. I mean, you should want Russell Wilson. That's yeah. like, I mean, would you want Russell Wilson over Deshaun Watson? I, I think I would take Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, I, but I could see the argument for uh, either. I would take Deshaun, and that's just age. That's all. Of it. Yeah, that's basically all it is. Yeah, and I, I think to like Deshaun and Russ are close enough, talent wise, to where you go with the young guy. Yeah. Um, even though both their contracts are pretty steep. Yeah. Over the next coming years. Um. All right, so we're getting to the close of this episode, but what we want to do for future episodes is, uh, since we we think we do know more than a lot of NFL GMs, and I, I actually believe that, I, I think that we would be better uh, than actual GMs at their jobs, we're going to do mock-off seasons for every NFL team um, starting next week. How many should we do per week, do you think, Eric? Uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, well, first off, we should do mock off seasons in terms of like we'll start with player cuts and um, franchise tags. Okay. Next week, I think if we do it like incrementally, we can do it all like like we could do all of our teams each week as long as we like keep it reasonable. So yeah. we do player cuts and franchise tags. Um, maybe we can do a week after that where we have a free agent negotiation period where we put on our GM hats and then we discuss, we, we make offers to players that we want for our teams. Um, we build our free agent big boards and all that. Uh, maybe have those signings locked in the week after and then we do our mock draft um, before the official beginning of the league year in like early March. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Is that a yes? That's a yes, sir. So we're, okay, I'm doing yes, uh, the... NFC and for the exception I'm doing the Dolphins and you're doing the AFC exception for the Bucks. Yes, so we can avoid conflicts of interest. That is the way. So we're we're gonna do that. So I will have the AFC minus the Dolphins plus the Bucks. You will have the NFC or the NFC minus the Bucks plus the Dolphins. Okay. Do we'll we're we doing this? Yeah, we should. Oh. Uh, do you want to do it? Are we doing it by which? How are we choosing which teams are we doing first? Should we do it by record or? Um, do you want to do it by, uh, should we do it by record top down? Because I think like the winning teams are probably going to have like the most clout in terms of bringing people in. Yeah. So I think we do it from the top down because I feel like negotiating with free agents and shit like that just so as to not waste our time as GMs, 
you know that like if your choice is to play between the uh, the Jaguars or the Colts, you're gonna pick the Colts probably. So yeah. unless the Jaguars are giving you the bat. So um, yeah, we'll we'll do that. And then basically, I think what we'll do is I will propose signings and shit, and you can propose signings and trades and all that. And then we have to vote to think if it would actually happen. So that way, it's not too too biased. Yeah. Um, and then we, we pick what we think is going to happen and how the league's going to look. I think for our mock draft, I would like to go deep into it. I would like to go through day two. Doing a seven-round mock draft is fucking ridiculous, you know, as much mm-hmm. as I would like to do a full-off season. But I think going through round three is reasonable, right? Yeah. There's a lot of good players in, like, round two that I like. I want, the, I want to go over. Yeah. I want to definitely at least go through round two. I think we can make it through round three, though. I think yeah. we can. We'll we'll see when we get there, but we'll try to get through day two. Usually, guys through day two are contributors. Day three, it's a crapshoot. So, so let's announce the teams we'll do next week. Then, we'll okay, do, so, do you want to do like three teams? Well, I think we next week we can do all all of our cuts and all of the franchise tags for each team. Then after that, with free agency signings and shit like that, um, we might be able to do the whole thing. But we should start working on that now as well, and yeah. give ourselves like two weeks to prep for that. Um, finding out who to cut isn't tough. I'll send you a link of like potential cap casualties and all that, so you can okay. have a better idea. Because I found that um, in preparation and and cap space and shit like that, and we'll uh, we'll work it out from there. I think the the thing that's actual NFL teams are going to have to deal with this year is how to restructure contracts to yeah. um, fit in the cap. So we'll probably have a couple teams where we'll need to restructure shit. And we'll just have to figure out what's reasonable with that. So maybe maybe instead we give ourselves three weeks to prep for free agency. We do um, we do cuts and restructures next week, franchise tags, and intro to free agency in terms of who teams are targeting. And then the following week is the decisions on which teams sign which free agents, who are successful, and then the draft after that. And okay. that'll be our mock off season month. Okay. All right, that's what we're doing. God damn it! I hope some people listen to this because this is going to be a lot of work. <laughs> it is. I'm excited. I'm excited though. I I just like doing this shit, and like I wanted to do it. And Ma- I almost debated buying Madden because I just I've been sale. so excited. Yeah, but it's fucking it's still buying it. It's still thirty dollars. Yeah. Like, is this game even worth thirty dollars? Probably not. I don't yeah. know. Are you Are you gonna get it on sale? No. Or no? I, I, I I decided just to go with um uh what the fuck it's called uh, 2K. I decided me and my brother split 2K. That's on sale, right? No, it's not. We bought the PS5 version, so uh, it's not on sale. So we split split it. It was 35 bucks each, so. Damn. Yeah. Same for Madden. If I get a PS5 this next year and Madden or 2K is good, I'll do that and we'll do a do an online league yeah. with however many people. I mean, it'd probably just be you and I and maybe your brother. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anyone that really goes in on association mode or franchise mode like you and I do. It's like the best part of those games, man. <laughs> it is. It's so like I, I heard that NBA Two K though is like put legitimate effort into association mode on PS5. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Yeah, keep me posted. FIFA supposedly made some improvements. Madden. Um, that's all I play is FIFA fucking. Uh, yeah. Manager mode. That's all I play. <laughs> That's all yeah, I play. I don't play any anymore. online shit. Like I, I actually played some FIFA twenty one at Kurt's place, um, before the parade. 
And uh, he's like, my ultimate team's pretty good. I'm like, fuck your ultimate team. I'm not fuck your ultimate shit. team. <laughs> fuck your ultimate team bullshit. Fuck that. I, I, I hope that the NFL 2K arc, arcade mode game is so good and so much cheaper that all the ultimate team crowd just flocks to that because they don't actually give a shit about the NFL. Yeah, because like 2K now has the the my player and now they have they've been they've been silently doing my team, which is just ultimate team for like the yeah. last 5 years and it's like starting to become popular. It is. That's all Dustin. I straight up watched my cousin drop like 40 bucks on a shitty my team card packs Ugh. that uh that were he got Gosh shit out of it. He got absolutely nothing valuable. And he bought four dollars <laughs> of it. He said that he probably spends like a thousand dollars on the game per year on those. God, packs. man, that fucking crazy. kills me. That kills me. Inside. That is insane. That, that kills me inside. But that that was like the sign of like, oh, this yeah. is never because like I was into Ultimate and a Madden Ultimate team. Like I was into it, and then like the loop just. I just saw you see the cracks in the loop, and like it also also Madden Ultimate team when I was playing it was like the first like the first next gen ps4 version of the game yeah so there's like a lot of bugs and stuff and it wasn't and like getting players was like i had to bid like it was like a whole like currency and community that you would have to bid on players and stuff it became annoying and then like fifa i was into fifa ultimate team too and like uh, again like it just to me got so mo- so boring like I-, I hated opening packs and getting players because there's there's they just have an auction house where if you wanted to buy that player you just need enough coins to do it but then like there's a whole website dedicated to just finding a specific person player you want and that paying real money for him and then getting him in your ultimate team through the website yeah it's, it's just fucking bullshit yeah. they, i mean it's obviously the smartest way to make money and you don't actually have to make a good game like you have to put zero effort into making yeah. way more money than you were before that's the unfortunate thing is like the the system is set up to not have quality basically the only quality like pressure that they have is just from old heads like us and like nfl players that love franchise mode and it's like you basically have to make up your mind on if you want to just appease a few of us versus like the you know millions of zoomers and my cousin that will pay thousands of dollars every year <sighs> to play one stupid shitty fucking game mode it's yeah. ridiculous yeah yeah it's a disease sad times it's gambling sad maybe. times it is it is basically gambling there there actually are legitimate news articles about how bad microtransactions are um Banned and how there should countries. be so, there needs to be some government regulation on microtransactions it's ridiculous that yeah. you're paying um like twenty dollars a pack for useless cards that's yeah. i think that's they, criminal. they they have to, they have to now show you the odds before you agree to buy anything because like yes you open 10 packs you get this rare you're def, you're you're definitely going to get like a rare player if you open 10 packs yeah like that's yeah, wait, the way you, to do it yeah if you think about it yeah it's actually worse than gambling because yeah, yeah you don't even see the odds you're yeah. just blindly hoping that you get something with with no understanding of how rare it is. Yeah. Um, it's but, also like you know that of course get people paused before you know dumping a shit ton of money into it, which is not what EA wants. Yeah, and also we can talk about this. NCA football is coming back. It is coming back. Fuck yeah, it is. I hope that that's good, but that's Dude, probably gonna be simple. I wonder how you do ultimate team are... in a thing where you can't yeah. use players' likenesses. Huh? But it was it was it's crazy because like NCA football was always better than Madden. Yes, like and whenever I played it, like I always felt like the NCA games like looked better, played better. 
The like, my player mode was way better. Oh, so cool. Recruiting was awesome. The, oh, recruiting was so fun. Yeah. Well, uh, this is if if they can't, I'm sure they're gonna try to weasel in ultimate team mode somehow. Oh my! Nate, but you, you know can't use any player likenesses, so it's well, gonna you, be all thing, randomized you could, people. You, you they might actually like, have to make a good football game. Or or what they're gonna do is like play as college football legends, and then they they'll just uh, populate it with like and so like play. fucking Tim yeah. Tebow and Doug Flutie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's exactly. To be honest, though, I hate to contradict myself, but that sounds kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, just like just call it legends mode or like uh leg- ultimate legends or something ultimate legends yeah shit fuck that's it god i, I mean, hope they don't realize i hope they play as deshaun watson as as it's in the in his clemson years play as herschel walker bo jackson but that's how you get away with using that you can just use the teams like this but then you just pay the famous players the money yeah yeah jeez man I mean, it is exciting that it's going to be back. We'll see how it goes. Um, also, I just forgot make to a legitimately say, good football game. Yeah, it's not called NCAA football. It's called college football. That's yeah. what they're going. That's a new title of it. It's not NCAA. It's college. God, so. I fucking hope so badly. I hope it's and good. Just get a good f- fucking football game. I just want a good sports Me game. Me too. Again. The reviews I've, for this year were down all across the board. Oh, every people game. hate The Madden. trend is so clear that they have stopped trying to make good sports games. It's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. Definitely. Anyway, right. that's how we'll end this episode. Next week, we will talk um, mock-off season, and then whatever else comes up, we'll, we'll catch up on some more yeah. basketball. Um, we'll, we'll listen to more Man City hype, probably, as they continue to run through it. We'll recap some Champions League games. Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever we manage to catch, and we'll go with the flow. All right, homies. All right. Anything you want to say to the people? Love you. Make sure you, uh, uh, if you've listened this far, make sure you leave us a nice uh, review. Follow us on Spotify and uh, do all that stuff. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, for fuck's sake, it isn't much to, to rate us, you know. Even if, Don't rate us one or two stars, though. Don't do that. Just save four and above. I'll take a four. All right. I'll take a four. I mean, that's that's a reasonable expectation. You know, that yeah. way people know it's not all bots. You know, because we don't pay for bots, but maybe one day we will. Because, uh, you know. Yeah, when we get that Bitcoin money. We get, yeah, get some Bitcoin money. We'll invest in uh, AMC or something. <laughs> all right. Love you. mean it. Love you, buddy.